welcome to church once again uh, this is the most important moment uh, of our service time of our service where we're going to meditate on god's word you know i believe i believe strongly that god is going to strengthen you today i believe god is going to strengthen you through his word if you're discouraged if you're going through some low situations in life i believe god has a word for you amen are you ready are you ready Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11 to 12. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11 to 12. I would like to read this verse for you. Um, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11 to 12. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Amen. The title of my sermon this morning is Stop Living Like a Failure. Turn to the person next to you and say, Stop Living Like a Failure. Stop living like a failure. So many of you are like, oh, I wonder if he's failing. <laughs> just don't think, just, just stay in the statement. You know, God shows Ezekiel a vision. God shows Ezekiel this vision and in this vision he sees a valley of dry bones. And these bones in this vision represented the people or the condition of the people of Israel. Because the bones that Ezekiel see is a dry bone which means it's been dead, decayed and has been there for a very long time. Now this signifies the people of Israel were living in a state of great despair. They were feeling hopeless. Their condition was such they were alive. they were breathing but not living they were alive they were breathing walking around but not living in other words they were living like a failure because to them the future seemed hopeless to them the future seemed pointless now why were they in such situation they were living in such hopeless situation because jerusalem had fallen because the people were taken as captive and their faith their spiritual connection had grown dry Ezekiel the prophet at this time what he was doing is he was promising the people saying you know what changes are going to come good things are going to happen he said big change will come in the nation but many people you know as they heard this message from Ezekiel about a great hope and a great future they doubted it they were like oh i don't think anything is going to happen you see that's the feeling that you get when you live like a failure no matter who who comes to encourage you will be like my life good things never my life I don't think good things are going to happen to me. I don't think great things are going to happen to me. That was the condition of the people. They didn't believe what Ezekiel was saying. They didn't believe what the the message that he was giving about a renewed condition, about a great hope and a great future. And this is what they say in in verse 11 they say like this, our bones are dry. What do they say? Verse 11 Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 11 he says like this our bones are dry our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off our bones are dry our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off in other words in summary to summarize this entire passage the people of Israel were living in failure you know it is as if they would wake up in the morning and think about how miserable their life is they would wake up in the morning just think about all the opportunities they've missed in life they would wake up in the morning and think about all the mistakes that they've done against the lord they wake up in 
the morning and think about how terrible their lives are. They would ponder over all these things. See, you see, the more you think about what you did in the past, you will live, but you won't be fully living. You'll be alive and breathing, but you still won't be living the full life. See, many times this can be the story of our life. Many times, you know, the condition of Israel and the situation they were in can be the story of our life. We look at the past. There are things that we can't brag about. We look at the past. There are things that we have done even, that we even regret today. We have made the wrong decisions. We have done things that we are not supposed to do. People have harmed us, you know, some have abused us with their words and with their actions. But something that we've got to remember is this. The past does not dictate your future. Amen? The past will never dictate your future. Your past is not going to certify how your future is going to be. See, you're not the product of your mistakes, but you're the product of God's grace and His mercy. There are, there are things that we may have done in our life that we may not be proud about. When we are younger, we might have you know, dreamt about living this great life. We, you know, when, when you're 18, you'll have a lot of goals. When you're 16, you might have a lot, have a lot of ambitions. You know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But by the time you reach 25 and look back, I'm like, not even 10% is done. Not even like 5% have I accomplished. We have big dreams, big goals, big ambitions when we were younger. But today, as we look at our life, we have no hope for the future. And as we look at our life, we feel like a failure because... We haven't been able to accomplish what we planned. And we have wasted our time in things that have eventually destroyed us or taken some part of our life. And as a result, we are living a very unsatisfactory life. Living a very uh, life filled with thoughts of failure. And as I read the scriptures, I can tell you something. That God does not want you to live like that. Amen. God does not want you to live a life filled with failure. He does not want you to live every day thinking about all the mistakes that you've done and about the things that you, you lost. He wants you to live life in victory. And we see this in the story of Gideon. What does the angel of the Lord go and say to Gideon? Judges chapter 6 verse 12 says like this, The angel of the Lord said to Gideon, The Lord is with you. And he didn't stop there. You mighty valor. You mighty warrior. I mean, think, of, think of this. <laughs> this man was actually timid. He was hiding himself and he was working in the wine press so that the Midianites won't find him, won't see what he's doing and won't take away his produce. He, he was timid. He was afraid. And in that moment, the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. <laughs> Just imagine that word coming to us in our broken moments. It's like, me, mighty warrior, me, a mighty man, I can't do this. You see, what you see is beyond this story, the way God works in our life is that he is not interested in leaving where we are. Let me say this again, I want this point to get into your hearts deeply. Because when I counsel people, they always feel like they've, they're a failure. They've lost, everything is gone for them. But as we look at scripture, God is not interested in leaving us like a failure, but he wants us to be a mighty warrior for him. He wants us to be a victorious one. If you look at the, uh, the New Living Translation or some translation, it says like this, the Lord is with you, you great hero. I hope that throws some perspective into your life. What does the angel of the Lord say to Gideon, who is hiding and working? The Lord is with you. 
you great hero. Now, two things we see here clearly. Gideon might not have thought of himself as a mighty warrior, but most importantly, what we see here is God saw something beyond Gideon's fear. God saw him as a mighty valor, as a mighty warrior. In other words, what we can understand is this. God does not want us to stay in our failure, but rather wants to strengthen us. Because, you know, what we do is we, we see failure as the end of life. When, when things come and when we fail, we see that as the end of life. You know, it's like, over. Oh, what do I have? What more options do I have left in life? We see failure as the end of life, but God sees failure as the next step that will lead you to a greater opportunity. That is why Romans 8.28, what does it say? Good things happen, bad things happen, everything works for the good. Whether the good or the bad, all things work together for those who love him. So if you look at Ezekiel chapter 37, we see the same thing. People had lost hope, they had broken, they're living a life in failure, but God comes to their rescue. He didn't want them to live in their misery, in their failure, but he comes to their rescue. And that is what chapter 37 of Ezekiel is all about. That is, God will not allow his children to live like a failure. Now turn to the person next to you and say, God will not allow you to live like a failure. Now there's a lot of smile in your face. The first time when I asked you to say, you were like wondering, are they failing? <laughs> God will not allow you to live like a failure. Even if God punishes you, even if God disciplines you, his intention is not to destroy you, but to bring you closer to him. I love this verse in Isaiah chapter 54 verse 8. It says like this, with a little wrath, with a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. Isaiah 54, 8. With a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord. Sometimes God disciplines us. God punishes us. But that's for a short moment. It goes on to say, but with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. I don't know where you are in life today, what you might have experienced last night or what you might be experiencing today. I want you to know God does not want you to live a life of failure. He does not want you to live in your brokenness. He wants you to live a victorious life. Amen. God does not want you to continue this hopeless life. He want, doesn't want you to, doesn't want to let you, you know, go to tears every single night, but he wants you to live a victorious life and a glorious life. If you look at the Bible, there are verses on victorious living. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said to them like this, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Just look at the last statement. What does God say? You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In other words, in the world that you're going to live, trouble is inevitable, problems are going to come your way. Jesus never offered or promised a trouble-free life. But what he promises is that even in that trouble, even in that circumstance, even in that pain, you can still continue to live a victorious life. Jesus, talking to his disciples about his death and his resurrection, he's saying, after my death, things are going to change. You're going to be scattered. Th things are going to happen to you. He's telling, I'm, I'm telling you all these things so that 
you know that there is trouble but in me you will have peace he said take heart i have overcome the world in other words no matter what our situation is if we look unto him and say lord i trust in you i depend on you we can still live a victorious life in first corinthians 15 1557 paul writes like this saying but thanks be to god who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ so we see in the bible there are scriptures of living a victorious life a prospering life in jesus and it comes through our lord jesus christ so god's intention for our life is to live a flourishing life in him we may see failure as the end of life but god sees failure as a stepping stone to the next step in our life so the question really is this how can i stop living a life of failure how can i stop living a life of failure i'm going to keep this as practical as possible as i share this with you if you want to stop living a life of failure if you want to stop living like a failure the most important thing you have to do is this stop comparing yourself amen if you want to live a life of victory if you want to stop living a life of failure you've got to stop comparing yourself this is one of the biggest and the common reason why many feel like they are a failure and we often do two types of comparison please take notes we often do two types of comparisons we compare ourselves with others we compare ourselves with others and second we compare ourselves with the person that we wanted to be at this age like i spoke about dreams when you were 18 when you were 16 we often compare with two things we compare with others and we compare with the person that we imagined that we would be at this age we often compare ourselves with the same age group you know we look at others who have accomplished a lot and achieved a lot in life at that age and we compare ourselves to them and think man i'm i'm nowhere close i look at my life i'm terrible look at them they won so many awards and i i i just win consolation prizes has anyone won consolation prizes i have many <laughs> i have too many i can tell you i have too many participation certificates um we we constantly compare ourselves with others and that is one of the reasons why we often live like a failure and the second thing we do is we compare ourselves with a person that we expected to be by this age you you thought of living a certain kind of life at this age you thought about it you dreamt about it and what's happening is that there is a person that's living in your mind right now that you wish that you were at this age there's a person that's living in your mind right now in your imagination that somebody living and what you're constantly doing is you're comparing yourself with that person this is who i wanted to be but in reality i'm not and so i'm a failure this is who i want to be but in reality i'm not and so i'm a failure we are constantly comparing ourselves with this imaginary person we are constantly comparing you see such comparison leads us to live like a life like a failure such comparison will lead you to live a very miserable life see we have to understand something important the bible tells like this in proverbs 19:21 turn with me to that passage proverbs 19:21 there are many plans in a man's heart nevertheless the lord's counsel that will stand can we read this in the new living translation the next one proverbs 
you can make many plans but the lord's purpose will prevail what is it you can plan all you want you can dream all you want you can wish for all you want but what whose plans will prevail in your life it's the lord's plans it's the lord's plans so we can desire all we want we can plan all we want we can have all the goals and ambitions that we want but ultimately it is god's plan that will come to fulfillment what god has in store for you will ultimately come to fulfillment you know when i look back at my life i was a person who was uh, always very ambitious very ambitious i had five year goals i had three year goals i had things that i planned to do uh, and i was very meticulous at it i would just put down and make sure i'm working towards it i've worked long hours even today i try to work long hours and i get scoldings at home <laughs> i had all these plans and i and i can look back and i can tell you something i thank god that my plans never came to fulfillment i thank god I, i honestly i'm telling you this i thank god that my plans never came to fulfillment because honestly now when i look back now when i look back at the plans that i made when i was 18 19 21 my plans were very mediocre my plans were very you know really bad plans actually because you know when you when you're 18 you think and you know what is good for you but what do you know when you're 18 you lived 18 years of your life and you have great plans and you think that's the best for you and we are so so bent on following that that when something goes wrong we want to give up we want to give up but what do you know when you're 18 what do you know about life when you're 21 you know there's a feeling that every teenager goes to when you're 18 you think okay now i've grown up now i've matured i tell you when i'm now that i'm 27 i still feel like there's a lot to learn about life I still feel like you know there's life this there's so much more when i was 18 i thought i knew it all and so i, I look at my plans and i and i honestly thank god that nothing of that came to fulfillment because if my plan came to fulfillment this church would not have happened i would not be even married by now i wouldn't have this amazing kid i have now amazing wife amazing family all that won't be there all i have is a life just living my own way trying to make things happen on my own the plans you know we have to realize this the plans that we actually make for our own life is actually not that good the plans that we try to make for our own life and try to put it to, put into action is actually not that great let me draw this very clear comparison let me just keep it very practical to the point the plans that we make for ourselves are mediocre but the plans that god has for us are the best and that is why the scripture says you can make any many plans but the lord's purpose is what prevails in other words you can make all the plans you want but the best plan for your life that god has will come to fulfillment what will come to fulfillment the best ones see every plan of god that you that he has for you is the best one and we have to live life every day making sure that god's plan is fulfilled and not our plan we have to live life every day asking god help me fulfill your plan for my life because when we do that when we live life like that we will live in absolute victory but you know if we insist on fulfilling our own plan we will live with thoughts of failure thoughts of hopelessness because you know what we don't have enough strength to accomplish our own plans we don't have enough strength in our life 
You have to understand this, the more you insist on fulfilling your plans and desiring to be the person that you wanted to be when you were 18, I tell you, you will live a life of failure. You will live like a failure. You will live in great disappointments. And there's a reason why many of you are living in failure even today. Because you're constantly thinking of the things that you should have done by this time in your life. By this time in your life, the world says, by, by the time you're 30, you should have good savings. By the time you're 40, probably get a house or something. I, I'm 27, I have nothing. And I, and I know for sure, even by 30, I may not have much. Because, see, if we try to live life on our own terms, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very stressful. But if we live it on God's terms, God's plan, it'll be the most amazing thing ever. God wants you to know where you are in life is God's plan. It may seem like a failure to you. It may seem like a, uh, like as if you've lost it all, you've failed. You see, when we plan for our life, we don't plan the tough times, do we? We don't plan. We always plan the best things happening to us. We are the hero of our own story. But when God plans our life, when God sketches our life, He puts some tough times. He allows certain things to come into our life to prune us and to shape our faith. Even the disciples who walked with Jesus had to walk through tough times. It wasn't all rosy for them. It wasn't all easy for them. The plans that God has for us will have some tests, will have some trials. But at the end of it all, we, will, we can say that I'm satisfied because God has led me this far. You look at the life of David, living as a shepherd boy, taking care of the flock. His life was, if you look at the Jewish side of the story, his life was very difficult and different. And he becomes a king. And now that he becomes a king, does it, does it mean that all his troubles stopped? No. When, God, when David wanted to build a temple for God, what did God tell him? David, you cannot build. Why? Because there is too much blood on your hands. Man, this, this man, though he was favored by God, though he was a man after God's own heart, had shares of tests and tribulations and things that he had to go through. But you look at the end of his life, he died as a man full of years. He died, uh, he lived a very satisfactory life. See, that's how God's plan is. There are trist, tests that will come. There are trials that will come. But we shouldn't keep comparing ourselves to the person who we wanted to be, nor should we compare ourselves with others. Because the more we do that, God's plan was all, will always look like a small thing to us. And our own plan will become a big thing. And in other words, what will happen is our plan will become our own idol. Our plans will become our own idol. It will be the very thing that will take us away from God. Take us away from God. But if we let God work and say, God, let your plans prevail. Let your plans come to pass. I tell you, you will see the best thing happen in your life. Amen. You'll see the best of the best things happen in your life. You look back at your life and say, I am good that my plans failed. I am happy that God's plan came to fulfillment. So the way to overcome is this, stop living like a failure and just tell God, God, I surrender my life to you, my plans to you, do what you will to do in our life. Amen. Another reason why we often feel like a failure is because we compare ourselves with others. See, every person is unique. God created everyone with unique gifts, unique talents and unique abilities. And it's always important for each one of us to focus on what God has given you. 
not on what others have. Because let's, let's imagine, let's put, let me put it this way. Even if God gave you the, um, he, he won't do this, but just imagine hypothetically, if God allowed you to be that person or do what he's doing for one day, you cannot actually bear that. See, you cannot be me, I cannot be you. I've been created with the strength, the abilities to do what I'm called to do. You have been given the abilities, the gifts, and the talents to accomplish what God has in store for you. And so to look at somebody and compare ourselves with them and say, oh, they have so much I don't have, or they're doing this, but I cannot do this, is to, is to compare it's like comparing heaven and earth. It's like comparing things that cannot even be compared. Because everybody is unique in the sight of God. And all we have to do is just simply follow God's plan and live according to it. We have to stop comparing ourselves with, self with others. This is one of the biggest reasons why many feel like a failure in their life even today. You have to understand that God has created me unique and I have to follow what he has for me than to follow what others are doing and to what others are doing. So quit comparing yourself with others. You see, this is a very simple thing. Yet a major thing that a lot of people struggle with in their life today. Constant comparison leads them to live like life like a failure. And, and honestly, as we look at scripture, God doesn't want you to be there. If we go back to Ezekiel 37, God wants to raise the people back from their graves. You see, in verse 12, what does it say? Ezekiel 37, 12. Ezekiel 37, 12. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves. What is God desiring? They, they are saying our bones are dry, our hope is lost, everything is gone. But God says, I will open your graves. Are you living life in a hopeless situation? Are you living life like a failure? Here's what God desires. He will open up your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. He'll bring you into the place where you are supposed to live. He will make you live a life that is flourishing because you've got to understand that you're called to flourish, not to live like a failure. You're the one who's called to prosper. The one who is called to prosper. The question you have to ask yourself is that, Lord, am I fulfilling your plan? Am I fulfilling your plan for my life? I can tell you out of experience, I've been on both sides. I've been ambitious. I've worked really hard. Until I reached a point where my gifts and abilities stopped working at a certain point. I had all the resources to do what I wanted to do, but I reached a point I was not even able to complete one project. I would literally feel as if I'm tied down, you know, like I'm just incapable of doing anything. And at that moment I prayed and God told me this, that I have to stop doing what I'm doing and pursue His plans, and pursue His plans. Today I can look back and I can say that I, look, I live a very satisfied life. I wake up with a sense of satisfaction and joy that God is working and doing great things in my life. Our happiness, I tell you, has to come from the fact that God is working and not because of our accomplishment. If you're living 
and if you're taking your happiness out of your accomplishment, a day will come when you'll fail. And if your happiness is out of your accomplishment, I tell you, you will turn to places where you shouldn't go. There are so many people who continuously commit suicide when things fail in their life. Why? Because their happiness is on their accomplishment. Their happiness is on one person. It's hap their happiness is on their career. But where our happiness should come is from God and His work in our life. God and His work in our life. Your accomplishments, let me put it this way, are filthy rags. See, the church will be five today, or six today, or nine today. One day it will grow to be 9,000 or 10,000. And what God looks for me, from me, in my life, is that I should never draw my happiness because many people are coming. God wants me to draw my happiness out of his presence. One day one person will be there. Another day two per people will be there. And that's it. If my happiness is based on how many people come, I cannot serve God. If my happiness is, is, is based on how many people support me, or if my happiness is based on my accomplishment, I will constantly live life every day like a failure, like a failure. You see, whenever we compare ourselves to others, we are settling for less. But whenever we, come, we live according to God's plan, we are settling down for the greater things. If you compare yourself with everybody else and with the person whom you wanted to be, you're settling for something cheaper. But if you're settling down for God's plans and say, God, not my plans, but your will, do what you choose to do, I tell you, you will be able to live life that is flourishing. You are settling down for something that is much greater. See, all of us have to live like a soldier. If you look at a soldier, a soldier is always keen on the commands that his commander gives. What, what, what are the orders that the commander gives? He's always keen on ful fulfilling that. It's not about him in the war field, but it's all about the commander. What does the commander tell me? What does the leader tell me? And we have to live life like that every day. If we want to quit living like a failure, if we want to stop living like a failure, we have to wake up every day and say, Lord, what is it that you want to do through me today? What is it that you want to do in my life today? And just seek after that and follow after that. The more we do that, I'll tell you, you can quit living life like a failure. Don't think of the person who you wanted to be. Don't compare yourself with others. Simply follow God's plans. Your plans are not that great. They're not, they won't make you that successful. But what makes you successful is God accomplishing His plan through your life. Many other plans in a man's heart, but what prevails? God's will and His purpose. And you may look at your life and wonder, Lord, I'm going through tough times, I'm going through tribulations, but I'm still following you, I'm trusting on you, I'm dependent on you. And I want you to know this clearly, I want you to understand that trials will come, tribulations will come, problems will come, but eventually there is victory for you. You may wonder if I'm really living in God's plan, though I'm trusting in Him, I can assure you that you are still living in God's plan because God has a way to work in your life and let Him do that. Like Job said, like the psalmist said like this, he looks back at his life and he says, it is good that I was afflicted. It is good that I went through troubles and trials and tribulations in my life. Now I know better. Amen.
And I pray that you would continue to live a life in victory every day. Stop living like a failure. Stop thinking like one. Failure is not the end of everything. But in God's sight, failure is the stepping stone to greater things. Amen. Let's close our eyes, stand up in prayer.